Hello and welcome to another episode of Doom to Bloom podcast. Today we have a special guest, Stepanka, who is going to speak to us about emotions, healing, emotional intelligence, what all that means and how we can utilize this insight into our own healing journeys and just our journeys in general. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being a guest. I think we reconnected or connected a while ago. Um, yes. So it's nice to finally have the conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I already alluded to the topic that you are going to enlighten us on and give insights on. So where do you think the best place to start is for such a broad and big topic? Yes, you are right. It is a very broad topic. And I feel like I would simply like to start with why this topic is so important, because I really feel that the topic of emotional intelligence and healing um, doesn't sound very sexy, very attractive. Sometimes people will not realize how this is actually ruling our lives. When we like if we were going to go to the bottom of everything, every decision we make is an emotional decision, whether we like it or not. And even when we think like, oh, I'm actually going to make a very logical, straightforward decision, even that decision is an emotional decision. Because let's say you've got two options in front of you. You've got two pathways and one of them is something that really lights you up and you're like, oh, I would love to be spontaneous. I would love to be playful. I would love to go in that direction. But then your mind is like, oh, but I don't know. That's too risky. Maybe I should stick to something I know. I should make a logical, rational decision and go the other way. And if you do decide to go the other way, you know, making that logical or rational decision, well, that was still an emotional decision, probably based on fear. It's not always fear, but very often like, oh, I should stick to what I know. So there is still an emotion behind it. And if you went the first way, the, the more, more exciting, the new way, the risky direction that again is driven by an emotion. So very, um, simply explained emotions are behind everything we do they are behind our communications they are behind our dreams and desires and they if if we don't know how to work with them they can rule our life there is power in them there is wisdom in them but there is also many uh, false facts, information that we were told about emotions growing up. So we actually don't know how to make the most out of the emotional experience we all have as humans on this planet. So is that making sense so far? It totally does. And actually, you just touched on the false facts. And so that's actually what I was going to ask you is <laughs> to kind of debunk in my opinion, this myth and the, mm -hmm. the myth that I hear so, so often, especially, you know, podcasting, but also in my professional life is that there's good and bad emotions and people characterize them as good, positive, bad, negative. And there's kind of this connotation that if it's bad or negative, you don't want to feel it. So do whatever you can to bury that and don't feel those. 
I love this. I'm so grateful you asked this. And not many people are aware of it. So I I'm glad that like you've come across this yourself. And I, I agree 100%. It actually is one of the first steps to take when you're starting an emotional intelligence journey, when you are working on managing your emotions without suppressing them, the first step is to realize that there is no such thing as good or bad emotions. There is no such thing as positive and negative emotions. There is simply emotions. They are all valid. They are all important. And they don't mean anything about you as a person. Just because you are feeling a certain emotion, it's not predicting your future. It's not um, the answer to who you are and what you are about. So it's the first step. It's not as black and white. It's not as simple as like, oh, there is this group of really good emotions and there is this group of those negative emotions. I feel like what would be a more accurate way of describing those emotions if we were to put them into categories it would be good feeling emotions and uncomfortable emotions right because that's our experience of them but also it doesn't have to be that way because there are things such as beautiful sadness Mm-hmm. You know, when you can, re- when you realize that actually, you know, the sadness I'm feeling, it's here because something beautiful has come to an end or a feeling of nostalgia. You know, sometimes there is, there is simply not, they are not black and white. It's never just like, oh, it's, I'm sad and it's bad. Sad is not bad. Sad could be guidance. It's telling you something about your current experience. So my number one recommendation is this. Stop labeling emotions. Welcome them all. Stop telling yourself a story that if I'm feeling this emotion, it means that I'm a bad person or it means I am weak and so on. And the second step is simply become friends with your emotions. Actually ask yourself on a daily basis, ideally actually, couple of times per day, what am I feeling? What is present for me right now? And the funny thing is, and I do wonder whether you can resonate with this, I would love to hear your take on it as well. The thing is that very often we have been disconnected from emotions for such a long time Mm -hmm. that it's even hard for us to pinpoint what it is that we are feeling. Sometimes we actually struggle to name those emotions. And therefore, you will hear that a lot of people say things such as, I am stressed. Mm-hmm. I am um, not in the best of moods or I am feeling anxious. And the word anxiety, feeling anxious is a very specific emotion, but it's being used in different instances when we are feeling different things. So these are very broad and general words that actually don't tell us what it is that we are feeling. So I always recommend the Wheel of Emotions, which is a tool, uh, something you can simply search on Google, the Wheel of Emotions. And if it's hard for you, 
to pinpoint what it is that you are feeling, this will be your go-to tool. And it's so surprising. It was shocking for me to realize what it is I was actually feeling. And um, I just want to give you a quick example. I'm just going to make something up right here. Imagine you are at home with your partner and they say they are going out or they're going to see friends or whatever and all of a sudden you begin to feel like angry with them or they're going out again or you are like oh you shouldn't go out or you know some sort of an argument something starts happening there and then if you were to ask yourself what is it that I'm feeling here And maybe the first answer would be, oh, I'm just angry with him because they are going out again or with her. Um, They are going out with friends. But if you were to grab that wheel of emotion and you you were to look at the emotion of anger, for, for example, it like breaks it down, basically. So you work your way from the inside of the wheel, from the middle. And you are working your way outwards. So if you are new and you are listening to this podcast, simply look it up on Google, the Wheel of Emotions, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about here. And it breaks down emotions until it's a very specific feeling. So I know a client of mine was going through a similar scenario I'm describing here. And when I asked her, like, okay, and why were you feeling it? What was it? What was it? And I kept asking. We actually realized she felt inadequate she felt like I felt inadequate in that moment like maybe I am not smart enough or good enough for me to be around my partner or maybe I'm not good enough as his friends right so and that's a big difference between anger which is more of an umbrella emotion to like oh I felt inadequate and insecure in that moment wow that's huge and I've actually like in my own healing journey in my own therapy journey I've discovered the the emotion wheel and I think it's incredible but it like for me at least at the very beginning it was very overwhelming because on the I guess it depends what what version of the wheel you look at but the one that the therapist that I was working with showed me was the outside had so 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 many different um emotions and feelings and then it was almost like, well, to me, let's use an example. Um, worried and anxious, they, to me, they feel the same. They, they seem the same. They sound the same. And so I was like, well, how do I know what one's different? And so it was almost like this internal conflict of am I anxious? Am I worried? Or is it something totally different? Because we're not taught individually and collectively as a society. We're not taught to identify emotions and then I guess for lack of better explanation use that to our advantage right we're always taught that you know the bad the negative emotion versus the good the positive emotion and do whatever you can to get rid of that bad one or don't talk about it suppress it bury it whatever you have to do and so even now I'm almost 30 and I still definitely a lot of the time struggle with what emotion I'm actually feeling because a lot of them get confused or we're just taught again even with me knowing kind of the background of uncomfortable versus comfortable and that every emotion is good to an extent I still try to suppress you know the 
the anxiety, the worry, the fear, the anger, the sadness, whatever it is. And so how does one make steps to be able to, to work through that? You identified, you identified how to identify emotions, but how do we get past the point of our conditioning to believe that they're good or bad or negative or positive? Hmm. So I, I feel like there is two things I, I want to address here. So firstly, I will actually share a little tip when it comes to uh, the emotional wheel, how you can get over, like, how do I know what it is that I really feel? And then the second thing, I will answer your second question in a moment. Um, like, how do I, like, welcome those uncomfortable emotions? How do I... Uh, go about not suppressing them Mm -hmm. so firstly the emotional wheel so what you described is in a way a little bit of a perfectionism like I need to get it right (laughs) what if I what if I didn't pinpoint that emotion correctly right so but there is no right or wrong way of going about it this is more of an experiment it's more like oh I didn't realize that I actually felt rejected. Okay, well, according to the emotional wheel, it could be excluded or persecuted. So it just gives me a little more clarity. So it's more like, ooh, interesting. So we really need to adopt the attitude of this is interesting. I am open to seeing what's in there for me. The truth is hardly ever it is black and white. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there is a mixture of emotions we are feeling and it you know there is no right or wrong way of identifying your emotions it's a thing you are doing for yourself and um, it really is about just simply understanding that for example angry I'm feeling angry is a very broad word and there is medicine in it for us to to find out that I actually felt violated in that moment. Can you feel the difference? Like the difference between like I felt violated or I felt jealous or I was furious and angry. And it could also be how we mask certain emotions. Mm-hmm. And with anger in particular, it's what I would call a secondary emotion very often. Not always, but very often, which could mean that sometimes we feel something, let's say sadness, and subconsciously we have this programming, which both you and I mentioned, because we just were not given the right information growing up when it comes to emotions. So we have this connection, this connotation that sadness means I am weak. Mm-hmm. And I don't want other people to see that I'm weak, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover it up. So we might feel sad because we broke up with our partners, let's say. And, and instead of admitting that we feel sad or we feel hurt or we are grieving that relationship, we will actually cover it up with a secondary emotion. And we will feel angry that we feel sad. And then we connect that anger with that relation, with, with that breakup, for example. So there are things such as um, secondary emotions. Guilt very often could be a secondary emotion, anger. And it's because we are telling ourselves a certain story about that 
first emotion we felt. I know this is quite a difficult thing to get your head around if you like listening to this for the first time. But basically, my main message here is it's not black and white. There will always be a bit of a mixture of emotions and you can't get it wrong. And if you are overthinking it, then maybe that's an emotion in itself. I'm putting pressure on myself to get it 100% right. I think, okay, a couple things. I think <laughs> you're absolutely right with the perfection comment. But I also, maybe a little devil's advocate, I think. I definitely strive for perfectionism, which is a is a work in progress. But on the other hand when I kind of got overwhelmed seeing the outer layer of this wheel and all of these different emotions and feelings and stuff, um, I, I think part of it also too was that I struggled to know, was I actually grieving or sad or was I actually angry? And without breaking down, because you did mention secondary emotions, without breaking down whether the sadness was actually sadness or the anger was actually anger. I feel that there's, and again, probably different for everybody, but for me, I feel like I experience grief, sadness, and anger very similarly in, mm-hmm. in that, you know, sadness and grief is a lot of withdrawal, a lot of crying, a lot of just silence on my end. And when I get angry, I also do that too. And I shut down. And I also cry when Mm -hmm. I'm angry. So I think there's also that part where it's what am I actually feeling? Because a lot of them show up as very similar in a lot of ways, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And once again, there isn't like a complete blueprint. Everyone experiences emotions differently. They might feel the same to us in many ways. They can be very confusing as well. Mm -hmm. And really, I feel the key here is to welcome them, to be okay. Like, I don't have to fully understand everything about my current experience. But what matters more is like how I support myself when I am in the middle of that emotion. When I am like, you know, riding those emotional waves, as I like to call it, because they very often do come in waves and it's it's hard to make sense out of them. So with the emotional wheel, use it if it feels good. If you like, okay, I actually do need a little bit of help and I'm identifying them because sometimes it's like we are feeling something and it's an invisible enemy. Mm-hmm. When you name it, you tame it. It becomes less scary. So that's the whole purpose of it. And also the outer layer of the wheel can be confusing. But when you start in the middle and you work your way outwards, it should be slightly easier. And if that still feels a little overwhelming, then simply you maybe just stay in the middle layer of the wheel. You know, you just break it down a little bit and then you simply work on like holding that space for yourself and then the other question you had there which I thought was a brilliant question was about like how do I go about like shifting that whole emotional paradigm you know how do I stop labeling them as good or bad 
And I feel it's a combination of mindset, like thinking about them differently, which I will explain in a minute, and also practice, you know, welcoming them when they are happening, when you are in the middle of an emotional experience. And with the mindset, basically what it means is like how you view emotions. And we have this idea that when something bad happens, it equals negative emotions. When something good happens, it equals good emotions. But it's actually a lot more complex than this. Imagine a scenario when you are in a abusive relationship or a relationship that's simply unhealthy and this could be uh and like a romantic relationship it could also be just a friendship it could in many cases be a family dynamic or or a work dynamic as well but for the purpose of this exercise just imagine someone or yourself is in a relationship that it's not healthy And of course, there is attachment because otherwise you wouldn't be in this relationship in the first place. There is some connection. There is some feelings between both parties. And you know, this is not doing you any good. You know, this relationship is not good for you. So you decided to break it off. You end that relationship. And in that moment, you might feel a whole mixture an overwhelming mixture of emotion. You might feel sad. You might be grieving it. You might worry about being alone. You, like, something ended. You know, something ended. And even though you know it's a good decision, there is a mixture of the so-called, like, traditionally so-called negative emotions. Mm -hmm. But in itself, Mm -hmm. this was a really good thing you just did. You have set yourself up for future that's better. You have just set yourself up for a quality, healthy relationship that will now be available for you. Like it will be possible for you because you just said no to something else. So it's not as simple as like bad things are bad emotions. Sometimes we make a really empowering decision and yet we feel the so-called negative emotions many organizations all around the world started with a so-called negative emotion just think of all the charities that started with someone feeling angry Mm -hmm. furious violated upset dismissive right and it motivated that person to do something about it So the so-called negative emotions can be great motivators. They can help us understand what what we value in life. They can help us feel alive. And that's huge. Because when you start numbing the so-called negative emotions, well, you are numbing yourself towards the good ones. You can't just switch off the so-called negative emotions and just feel the good ones. You are actually disconnecting yourself from feeling emotions, from having an emotionally rich life. I'm going to pause here because this was a long, long speech on my behalf here. So I just want to know what resonated and if I answered your questions and if it made sense. So 
Yes, it made sense. Yes, you answered my question. And the question I would propose back to you. Actually, before I get to the question, let me, the one thing that resonated very, very deeply, and I really like the kind of spin on perspective, I guess it would be when you mentioned that a lot of organizations or charities or the like started by a so-called negative emotion. I think that's so powerful that you said that because I've never thought of it that way. And it's true. It's so true, but I've never thought of it that way. So that really resonated. And kind of the question, I guess, that comes out of your insight that you just provided is the, the term that I hear quite often in social services where I work is emotional regulation and emotional dysregulation. Is that similar to emotional intelligence or is that something different? Yeah, so that would be one aspect of emotional intelligence. Because you, yeah, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, how many other kind of areas or aspects of emotional intelligence is there? Yeah, so there is a few. And it all depends on um, who's teaching it. There is different takes on it. There is different categories. I, for example, my, my signature program is called Emotional Alchemy. And inside that, I have my own framework, my own steps of how I like to explain those topics to clients. So there will be slightly different takes on things, but emotional regulation is definitely a huge piece of emotional intelligence. And other pieces of emotional intelligence would be awareness, which is basically what you and I have already been talking about, right? Even just noticing that you are feeling something becoming aware that oh my gosh like I'm feeling something in my body and there is different ways of how we feel it sometimes it will be heaviness on your shoulders it could feel like ache in your stomach or in your shoulder like we can have physical experiences of our emotions other times it will be more like oh my gosh my mind is not stopping like I'm just imagining all those worst case scenarios. So the first step is that awareness piece. I need to become aware of those emotions I am experiencing. Other pieces of that emotional intelligence puzzle would be things such as communication or empathy. You know, being able to not only be aware of your emotions, but what others might be experiencing and how do I communicate with others when they might feel emotions they might uh, be going through something and very traditionally emotional intelligence was something that um, was viewed as a skill for like managers and leaders especially in like the corporate world but we very much know that that's actually a skill all of us need to learn study experience work on there is just you know you are interacting with other humans, you need to know emotional intelligence. Is it something that, maybe a loaded question, but do you think that this is something that should be, or maybe perhaps is taught in schools to an extent? 100%. Yeah. And I personally did have a little bit of emotional intelligence at school. 
but um, it was very basic and it was when I was already at grammar school. So I think this, and I've supported many clients who are mothers and they started teaching basic principles to their children and it's so helpful, really helping children to understand their emotions, uh, helping them with the right words to describe it, helping them to share with us how they feel. And I would love to see emotional intelligence in every school. And I feel this would be something that could be taught on every level, because for little children, it might look differently to when you are slightly older. And then, you know, when you are, let's say, studying at university or you doing your well, it probably is called something different in Canada, but in the UK here, it would be like your A-levels or you are graduating from high school and so on. There will be new challenges. And once again, having the right emotional tools could be super helpful. So we've got a self-awareness, we've got empathy, social skills, we've got self-regulation, and also part of emotional intelligence would be things such as motivation. Hmm. Interesting. I, I totally agree with you as well that it should be taught in school and it, to my knowledge anyways, I've not been in the public school system or high schools or even university college for multiple years now. And so I can, I guess I can only speak on the curriculum that I was taught, but it 100% was not taught about it. Yeah at all and I think you know the the maybe to be a bit of a Debbie Downer I suppose the the state of the world right now you know with the mental health crisis and the addiction crisis and the housing crisis and everything that's happening in Russia and Ukraine and just all over the world there's so many things and I'm gonna say stuff for lack of better word that wow it's really making a lot of people struggle and making a lot of people feel a lot of different things and rightfully so. But I think the more that the world, I guess, turns into a scarier place than what some of us may be used to. I think the more we need to lean into the emotional intelligence and have the conversations and be open with emotions and communicate that. Mm, I so agree with you. Thank you for voicing that because I actually think that that communication piece is also really huge here because when you think about it there of course is physical violence and abuse happening all of that but in many cases um, the emotional harm is done through words Mm -hmm. through how we communicate how we relate to one another and once something has been said you can't really take it back the person has already heard you so that's why the social skills and communication and empathy are a huge aspect of emotional intelligence but when you think about it it's I would say probably like one of the later steps of that whole emotional intelligence journey because it will be harder for you to be empathic when you are actually not aware of, of your own emotions. You 
are still suppressing them, rejecting them. So it's almost like a journey, like a snowball effect in a way. You start with something and then, you know, as a result, your communication skills will also improve. And I think just, you know, given the state of the world, not to kind of bring in all of those possible triggers, I guess, for other people, but I think the state of the world right now, we definitely need to just kind of hone in on how we feel and be aware of that. Because that, you know, maybe on a subconscious level or even a conscious level for some of us, all of the stuff in the world that's happening is affecting us, whether we, you know, subconsciously know Mm. it or not. And so I think that's where another part of the importance comes from. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And, and I feel like this on a smaller scale, the same thing happens in our like intimate relationships and, at a work environment, we can often take on other people's emotions. We get impacted by the overall energy, let's say, at an office or, and yeah, and then the constant stream of news and worrisome informations and um, that definitely does impact us and, and can make us feel rather dysregulated. Mm-hmm. And I guess to to maybe break it down in very simple terms maybe can we touch on how emotions okay maybe a two-part question (laughs) how emotions that we historically have described as being positive negative good bad how that directly impacts mental health struggles and diagnosis and disorders and then possibly how not distinguishing between good bad positive negative but rather comfortable uncomfortable may support one's mental health I think that might also be a loaded question so I apologize but yes so um I just want to make it clear because you mentioned like mental health diagnoses. I personally don't diagnose people. So it's not something I specialize in. And, uh, you know, that would be done with a different mental health professional. But overall, I would speak more into like the quality of our lives and, and how to navigate things such as anxiety, depression, even certain types of depression um, to make it um, even more specific. And overall navigating what it's like to be uh, a human being in this time of history and all the things we are navigating at this very moment. So not putting emotions into categories can take that pressure of us. You know, there is, there is also, there have been a lot of improvements in the field of personal development and overall that self-improvement movement and spirituality and all of those things, like they have become really popular. More people are looking within, more people want to work on themselves. And an aspect of it is positivity. 
like people want to feel positive and they've heard of positive thinking and it's a whole movement but it has got its dark side as well it can put a lot of pressure on us to feel positive all of the times to uh, be happy, to not get upset over certain things. So I very often do come across clients who um, will be suppressing emotions, not only because of the conditioning they received growing up and at school, but also because they want to be a positive person and they want to attract good things into their lives. And they have read and they have been told that like oh you've got to feel positive like nobody likes negative people so I think that's another added pressure so when you realize that you could still be a positive person and feel negative emotions so-called negative emotions it doesn't mean anything about you and you might have seen it yourself there is like these social media quotes or it's written on tote bags on stickers on everything like high vibes only or positive vibes only and i i think that's great like we all want to feel positive but it can also add pressure and then when you feel that pressure it's adding to your emotional state then you might feel sad then you like upset with yourself that you feel sad then that's another added emotion then you begin feeling angry with yourself for being sad then you feel like a weak person that's adding more pressure so overall we can actually cause a lot more damage to ourselves by fighting emotions. And when you learn to accept them, you can bring a lot more safety into your body. That's what self-regulation is a lot about as well. Realizing that it's safe for me to feel my emotions. Because we are afraid of almost like getting stuck in an mm-hmm. emotional state like what if I allow myself to feel this sadness and I'll never be able to make it out of it what if I let myself feel this anger and I almost like become an angry person because there is a difference between identifying yourself with an emotion which is I am an anxious person I am an angry person I am an aggressive person um, whatever you choose right so that's you identifying with an emotion but when you say i am experiencing anger i am experiencing anxiety i feel anxious right now it's got a slightly different energy it's you are basically describing what's present for you in that very moment instead of identifying with it and creating a whole story about yourself and that emotion i think that's that's really powerful in all of what you just said, but especially in the kind of the language, the identifying as or identifying with the emotion. I think that's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Huge. And I, I feel like we could talk about this for probably hours or days <laughs> or weeks, <laughs> but is there any kind of final insight or words of encouragement for anybody listening that might be struggling in general or working on their emotional intelligence? Mm. Yes, I 
I just feel like I want to add something to what I've just been sharing uh, in terms of the safety and and being okay with feeling the so-called bad vibes. <laughs> um, be your best friend in those difficult moments. When you are feeling really afraid or you're panicking or you're really worried about something, you feel sad, like we like panic sometimes like happens as well. Like we, we lack panic because we are in this emotional state and we like, what do I do with myself? That's at least what I used to experience a lot. I found emotions so overwhelming that they, when they were coming up to the surface, I was almost like panicking. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, how am I going to deal with myself? Like, how am I going to ever get out of it? So it's a really simple thing. And sometimes there is power in just simple things it doesn't have to be complicated but even just like gently speaking to yourself when you are in the midst of a really heavy emotion can be key just reminding yourself it's okay like I will be okay I might not be okay in this very moment but I will be okay like I'm here for myself because we are all familiar with things such as like positive affirmations and thinking positively, visualizing positive things and meditating. But the truth is that sometimes there is emotional states where we simply can't get behind a positive visualization. It would feel fake. It wouldn't feel authentic. It would feel like you are forcing yourself into something and you might not even think about it when you are in the midst of a really heavy emotion anyway. So take it easy. Like, I will be okay could be your go-to affirmation when it gets really difficult. Like, I know I will be okay. I'm here for myself. Like, be your best, biggest coach, your, your, your best friend, and be really kind to yourself. There is nothing wrong with you when you are feeling emotions, you are not broken on the inside. When you are feeling a mixture of different crazy, heavy emotions and also remind yourself like you are alive. That's why you're feeling emotions. And it's also a gift to be alive in, in many ways. And you are not meant to be stationary you are not meant to be in the same emotional state forever so welcome those emotional waves and how i in 2020 when i started developing my own concept of emotional alchemy the idea actually came to me when i was sitting by the ocean i live in england on on the coast and we've got the atlantic ocean here so it gets really rough where I live. Like the waves can be crazy. We do get hit by storms occasionally. Well, we've just had a few storms in the past week, really. And the sea is crazy. It's beautiful. It can be turquoise blue and stale and, and just perfect for swimming and having a good time. But it could also be very stormy. You could see 10 meter waves here uh the tide is where i live is the second biggest tide in the world and it really inspired me and i realized like we love it 
we love watching the ocean, don't we? We find it fascinating. We enjoy when it's still and calm and inviting. We still find it, find it, find it fascinating when it's stormy, when it's really rough. And other times you will just have a few gentle waves rolling in and out. Do we judge the ocean? Do we like criticize it for being a certain way? No, we know it's natural. It's part of, of nature that there are changes. And there is different things that impact the ocean. And it could be the weather. It could be the wind. It's the movement of the moon. And in the same way, we too experience waves. And we are sometimes still calm and, and completely at peace. And other times the weather changes and uh, things around us change. And it impacts how we feel. And then there might be a wave of sadness or anger. So take the judgment away from that. It will get so much easier when you stop judging yourself or feeling certain emotions. I think that is probably the most realistic but most beautiful comparison, I guess, between emotions and nature. Because a lot of us, and there is obviously some that maybe don't enjoy it, but a lot of us love you know, the storms and seeing a thunderstorm, hearing the thunderstorms, seeing the huge waves. But when it happens for us, we all of a sudden try to do whatever we can to not feel those big waves or those big storms. But nature just lets it kind of ride out on its own because you can't stop it. Absolutely. And we don't see it as like there is something wrong with the ocean or with nature. It's basically what happens, right? Nothing is still. Everything is constantly moving. And when you think about the word itself, emotion, E could stand for energy, like in physics, E is energy, and motion is movement. So emotion, energy in motion, what if you saw it from that perspective that every emotion is just energy moving through you it's not gonna stay there forever it doesn't mean anything you don't have to judge it you don't have to judge yourself for feeling it and then it gets much easier I love that did you just come up with that no <laughs> I haven't just come up with it I I don't know I feel like I don't know if there is a person who came up with it I feel like when you dive into the world of emotions it's it's something that becomes obvious and and it is energy that's just moving through us I absolutely love that description as well <laughs> <laughs> is there anywhere that both myself and listeners can follow your journey yes yeah, so um in many different places so there is different ways um, you can connect with me I do have a free hypnosis recordings on my website so I feel like that's a really great resource for people if you want to download something and start working with yourself and have the right support in place I am also and by the way, that is hypnocoaching.me the website where you can get the free recordings um, on my website, you will also find my uh, blog and different other re resources. So it really is a place where you can find quite a few things. I am also over on Instagram at New Earth Woman. 
So that's my name there, New Earth Woman. And you will find a combination of like short videos and reels and posts. And once again, I am like really open to you reaching out and sending a message. If you have enjoyed this episode and you had a takeaway you want to share with us, like we would love to hear from you. So I am always open to any private direct message. Feel free to share. Um, I would love to connect with you. And if you are more of a Facebook person, I'm also on Facebook and I have a community there called New Earth Women, New Earth Women. And that is um, where I do masterclasses, where I host private events. We sometimes have regular like meetups on Zoom and there is also plenty of resources there. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on all of these platforms for us to connect with you on, but also just for sharing so much wisdom and insight and knowledge with all of us. I definitely learned a lot and a lot of it has resonated with me. So I know that it will also with many of the listeners. And as always, we welcome feedback. And if you have thoughts or comments or questions or anything resonated with you, Feel free to reach out to both of us, one of us, and and let us know. And to you, Stepanka, and to the listeners, I'm sending you both lots of love and lots of light. Thank you so much for having me.